With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast. I am Joe Cardosi, joined by Lothario himself, Mr. Jim Eichenhofer. And uh, man, we have a full slate today. You're in studio and the phone is aglow because our guest today is going to be Mr. Fletcher Mackle, sports director of WDSU. I could not be more thrilled for the insights of both of you. I emptied my mind completely this morning till I was just staring into the blank darkness to make sure that I could get filled up with the knowledge all of you guys are going to feed me. <laughs> well, excellent. I, I, I thank you, I think. Yeah, uh, I don't know words anymore. But yeah, no, it was. Uh, it's always good talking to Fletcher Mackle. And honestly, when we went through kind of ideas for who the guest would be today, I thought with the in-season tournament starting in earnest for New Orleans Friday night, um, obviously, there were 14 teams that already played a game last week. But with this being the debut for the Pelicans in this new format, I thought, who better to yeah. talk about ideas? And we, we figured, who else other than Fletcher? Why even right. go anywhere else mm-hmm. than, than the local spigot of information uh, that is Fletcher Mackle? And I think he uh, he definitely delivered, as people will hear later in the show. Um, just I knew he would have a lot of thoughts about the in-season tournament courts. Yeah. I knew he would have some... You know, insight on the Pell's city. I didn't realize he was such uniforms. a designer, man. This guy yeah, has yeah. like deep design maybe ideas. He has a, maybe that's his like second job that he I, does. I can't on wait till so he, he retires from sports and just starts walking around in crazy feathered outfits and whatever he designs. <laughs> but man, Fletcher's got thoughts on everything. Uh, it was a great conversation with Fletcher, and and hopefully something that will uh, will bring people a little more into the into the light on this in season tournament stuff on the courts. We've sort of been goofing on it, you know. You got to uh, as it's new, and a lot of people have been taking to X to share their thoughts, but. But I feel like as the season goes more and more, you're going to start getting these little droplets of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And eventually it will normalize what all this stuff means yeah. uh, and, and what it's for. Yeah. I mean, and as we talked about on Wednesday, you know, when we had Aaron Summers, we were she mentioned, you know, um, all publicity is good publicity. I yeah. do think the courts have made people discuss the in-season tournament format more yeah. to a greater extent than they would be if they had just 
trotted out the normal courts that we see all the time. So that's been helpful. The uniforms as well have been something that's been a conversation piece. Kind of pairing your city edition uniforms with <laughs> yeah. the courts is definitely was an interesting pursuit, I think, from a marketing standpoint, the way that they had those blended together. I've noticed, by the way, too, that some of the teams have – it seems like they've made sure that if their city edition uniform was um, – bright red that the court wasn't also bright red for example yeah. the the bulls have a Can't black blend in right the bulls have a black uniform and a red court so it kind of goes together well and i i think the pelicans will be the same way if you think about it they're the court is purple and green, but the the city uniforms are black with with green right. letters. So we can't have a guy hiding on the baseline <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, actually, Jose would, Jose probably suggested that they make <laughs> yeah. it both the same color can so you he make could it blend camo? it. Camo, just everything camo. <laughs> just just make it sneaky. For yeah, him. yeah, yeah. He's like the predator. He'll be wearing whatever color uh, is on the side. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's going to be uh, interesting to see. And 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 Fletcher. Uh, brought some great insight to it in terms of you know how it may shake out. You and him had some great ideas. People, get out your notebooks, get out your pens, because some things may be happening. We know the big wigs are listening to Jim and Fletcher uh, when they're of both course. on here. Of course. And, uh, and, man, I guess we should talk about uh, EJ Liddell, Jordan Hawkins. It seems like we have been relying on them quite a bit as of late, out of necessity, uh, of course, uh, but uh, Jordan Hawkins has continued to to shoot. It seems like the fans are getting more and more on his side. Uh, the groundswell of support is behind him. And I feel like a lot of people are kind of just getting to know E.J. Liddell after his time sort of away for a bit. Yeah, he got to play in the fourth quarter of the game against Minnesota. Obviously, it was one-sided and, you know, a lot of guys got in the game. Sure. You know, he's actually been assigned to the G League, so he's going to be in Birmingham for X amount of time. Not sure how how long that's going to be. But um, we kind of talked about the in-season tournament a lot on back on Media Day. And so both of those players, Aaron Summers interviewed them as well as, you know, yeah. the, the entire wide range of the whole roster. But one of the things that I thought I wanted to hear from the players was there's been – there was talk in the summer about you know incentives as far as the in-season tournament. Yeah. This is something also that we get into with Fletcher Mackle later in the show, but wanted to hear from Pelicans players in terms of their thoughts on the extra reward um, financially that they could potentially get yeah, from the in-season tournament. Because it's easy for people to, to make like regular people money, to be like, oh, it's just some more commas for them. They don't care. Uh Commas are commas, money's money. Right. It all buys stuff. I think they and, were pretty excited about and it. And even more specifically, too, I mean – it's is it true that a lot of NBA players make a lot of money? Of course, but there's also guys at the bottom part of the roster, yes. or maybe more to the point, the newer guys, the guys that are just cracking into the league, just making it for the first time. Um, Jordan Hawkins is a was a lottery pick, so his yep. the the guys that are first round picks are on like a lottery scale. They're not making an insane amount of money right off the bat. Right. And then EJ Liddell was a second round pick. So for those guys, I mean. To put it in specific terms, if you're on the team that wins the in-season tournament, each player and coach makes five hundred thousand yeah. dollars, and then even it kind of scales down. I think it's two hundred or two fifty if you make the championship round but lose, and then it's fifty thousand for just making the quarterfinals. So, but for a player who's on a, a salary of say three hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, yeah, that fifty thousand is nothing to to sneeze at, no. sneeze at, and nothing to 
think is like, ah, eh, whatever, 50,000, well, no big deal. And people also forget too, like the, the basketball play, the numbers they make on paper. Uh, yes, it's a lot, but it takes a while to accumulate, especially for these mm-hmm. new guys and stuff to get one. You could pay off a house with that right there. Sure. I and mean, that'd be beautiful. And, and I'm pretty sure no one is tuning in to listen to me talk about tax brackets and stuff like that. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not if, an economy class. If you make, if your salary is a million, you're not making a million. You're making like half of that, yes. maybe the way that they do with the tax brackets. So yeah. It's, I'm not expecting anyone to be like, oh, you know, the poor NBA Woo-hoo! players, they, yes. they definitely need to win the in-season tournament so that they, they they can put their kids to school and stuff like that. But, <laughs> right, right. um, in these clips with Aaron Summers from media day, uh, first EJ Liddell and then Jordan Hawkins, they gave, I thought were, were pretty good responses in terms of their, their opinions on how they would view the $500,000 for winning the in-season tournament. This is about the in-season tournament. Some people have said that an NBA player wouldn't care about an extra 500000 for what? for winning the tournament. What? Oh, man. I, I would love an extra 500000 Who Who said that? This It's just been some, some opinion. Like, that's not going to motivate the players to actually try to win or care about winning this tournament. It depends on what type of player it is. I mean, guys who probably get paid $200 million, I don't really know if they really care about, like, Five hundred thousand, but me, I'm gonna put my life on the line for that. So, (laughs) so it's definitely incentive for you. Yes, most definitely. For the in-season tournament, some people have been saying that NBA players don't care about the money that they are giving for the winners. It's not a big enough incentive for you guys to care about a new tournament. How much is the? How much is it? I think it's five hundred thousand. I absolutely care about it. (laughs) Yeah, I do indeed want that money. I do indeed want that money. I often think that. And uh, Jordan Hawkins, good to see the uh, the young fella uh, getting on the train early. Get that money, young fella. Yeah, and by the way, I, I think I need to go back through and look through the fine print of the bonuses and incentives. Yeah. Is there a podcast host reward for winning the in-season tournament? Look, is there like I, I maybe so. 50 bucks or something like that? I would, I would take it. to see you go out there and just dunk on someone, do the too small gesture and collect a <laughs> check. Uh, I, and I don't even know. I just, I don't want to have to actually do any work. I just want the money. I oh, want that's the, true. Yeah, yeah. I just want there to be some kind of clause where it's like, if you have a podcast with the team <laughs> that the two people <laughs> yeah. that run it both get like 50 bucks a piece. Yeah. I, I mean, could I, we at least I, that would a, work for me. It, it, it's, it's great to see, uh, you know, people talking about how are the players talking about how excited they are about that stuff. Uh, I can't imagine not being motivated. And, and I think as the, as it goes on and, and, and it becomes more clear and sort of more normalized to talk about the in season tournament, uh, ins and outs it's going to be less confusing people it is new we understand that you're still like what why am i supposed to care why are they Mm -hmm. making me do this it's not going to be homework forever and i've said this a few times maybe not necessarily just on the show but just in general that um as people see the standings they're gonna it's gonna become a lot more clear to people and i think the first and second game maybe of the pool play of the group stage it's kind of a little bit vague as far as people knowing what is on the line. But I think when we do get to that third and fourth game of the group stage and people, you're going to be able to say, okay, the Pelicans need to win this game to advance. If they lose, they're out or whatever team, the Grizzlies, if they, they lose this game and and there's going to even be some cases where teams in different groups have to win a game by 14 points because of the point differential stuff. So I think that's when it's going to become really evident to people of what the uh, what the stakes are, but you know we, we in the previous clips we talked about um, some of the younger guys on the team. Yep. You know, players maybe that don't make an astronomical amount of money. So, you know, five hundred thousand, they would have a smile on their face all day if sure. that money comes in. But 
in terms of the veteran guys, you know, the guys that make a good amount of money now or guys that have been in the league for a long time and have piled up a good amount of money, you wonder with them, like, you know, maybe for them it's not that big of a deal. But right. um, Larry Nance Jr. and Cody Zeller would tell you otherwise. Ah. And in these clips, also interviews with Aaron Summers, the two veteran guys, they've both been in the league either 10-plus years or close to 10 years in Larry's case. They both talk about, you know, what they would – what, how, what their reaction is to the idea of being able to land that big money from winning the in-season tournament. The new in-season tournament, a lot of media members have said that an NBA player might not care about an extra $500,000. How do you respond to that opinion? I would say speak for yourself. Um, if that's what a player said, uh, I, I would love an extra 500000 I think anyone in the locker room would too, so... Um, that's plenty of motivation for me. So we have the new in-season tournament coming up this year. Mm-hmm. Some people have said that the 500000 doesn't seem like a lot of money to give to an NBA player. They wouldn't really care about it. How would you respond? That is a lot of money, regardless of uh, how long I've played in the NBA or how much money I've made. $500,000, that is a lot of money. So uh, anyway, I don't know what I, would, what I would spend it on, but I would be uh, glad to take the money. Great stuff there again. I like that philosophy. You know, no matter how much you have, a little more is better. Numbers matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, yeah. they they accrue, my friend. So uh, I don't think anyone's turning their nose up at extra dough. Uh, certainly not me. If you want to shower it, uh, shower me in it. If you see me on the street, throw some hundreds my way. I'm not going to cry about it. Just saying. Yeah, and I I feel like I'm kind of harping on this a little bit, but I mean. I also wonder, is there a clause for, you know, Larry and Cody have been in the league for a long time. I've been here a long time as yes. well. Come Can on. you sprinkle a little bit my way? Because this is, I'm almost on, I'm, I'm coming up on my 18-year anniversary with <laughs> yes. the Pelicans. So. And almost your 18th year being alive, man. You're so young. <laughs> it, it was fun seeing the gleam in their eyes. You can't really uh, maybe tell from listening to just the audio, but anytime you brought up uh, the monetary uh, advantages of, of the tournament, all of them kind of got a little smile and started looking around. Uh, it is going to be fun. And and again, uh, it, it's going to be fun to, to see what this in-season tournament reaction is like, what some of the people feel about the courts, the rules, and who better to guide us through the ins and outs, what to be excited about, uh, what to get pumped about. Fletcher Mackle of WDSU in New Orleans, he is the sports director there. And uh, just plugged into the Pelicans. He is an absolute firecracker. We cannot keep him contained any longer. Let's get to WDSU's Fletcher Mackle. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, the man with all the knowledge you seek and crave. You can follow him on X, Twitter, whatever you still call it, at Fletcher WDSU. Mr. Fletcher Mackle, how are you doing, my friend? (laughs) I need you to uh, to follow me around, Joe. I need yes. that introduction. Like every time I walk into a building or uh, into work, <laughs> that would be fantastic. Look, I'll have a boombox on my shoulder. I'll have some theme music ready for you. Nobody's put in the work you have to deserve it more. Maybe other than Jim. I'm sorry, Jim. Didn't mean to offend. <laughs> That's okay. Too. I'm not offended. Don't worry. Uh, but but we are here with Fletcher Mackle. So excited to have him because I don't know about any local person that is excited more about basketball than you. As as a a basketball team that is still trying to claw and and, and bring in some fans to understand. And you've been such an advocate uh, for the Pels and basketball in general in this city. Got to ask you right away: Have you seen most of the in tournament courts yet? And have you had to be medicated because of it? <laughs> um, I'll say this. 
I am all about new ideas, new things, pushing the envelope. Like I am more of a progressive person that likes when people come up with these ideas or these concepts or let's try it. And does everything always work? It absolutely does not. But what I've always liked about the NBA, which I feel like other leagues have lacked, is that they are always pushing the envelope. They are always trying new things, new concepts. And I think that the NBA is a true leader in at least North American professional sports. I can't speak on like European soccer teams because that's not my wheelhouse. (laughs) But I do think the NBA is a leader and others follow. So I I like the in-season tournament. And I'll say this, the courts are jarring at first, like (laughs) jarring, because we are so used to that traditional wooden looking floor, which Mm -hmm. is basketball. But given the fact that this is a handful of games in a new concept tournament, what other way to kind of announce their presence with authority than to say, look at this, look at this. We want to grab your attention to to have people learn about the in-season tournament and pay attention to the in-season tournament. We are going like, crayon box like <laughs> mind blown like you know like the most psychedelic crayon box that you could ever dream up throw it on a basketball court yeah. and there it is it's like zubaz pants we were talking about it jim's always wearing his zubaz pants <laughs> still uh, yeah still 20 I mean, years after or 30 i don't know how long it's you're been gonna bring it cool. back my friend i'm, I'm trying my best around. yeah fletcher um you know speaking of the courts um i was wondering do you have any favorite i i, I feel like it's hard to really judge the ones that we haven't seen in an actual basketball game yet. The ones that are kind of just artist renderings, but from the seven games that were played Friday, do you have any that you particularly enjoyed or ones that any particular court that stood out to you from watching the highlights or watching games? Uh, no, to be honest with you, there's not (laughs) one that I say, boy, that like, I love it. I love it. Make it their permanent court. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I do think the novelty of the, and look, I'll say this. I can't wait till Tuesday night when the Pelicans host the Mavericks and, and we get to see this green and purple concoction with their, what I love the city edition uniforms. I think the city edition uniforms, I think the concept in the uniforms this year is the best one Mm. new Orleans has ever come up with since they've been doing the city editions. I love the black and the lime green and the theme of the new Orleans nightlife and the street. I love it. I think it's amazing. I was, I was sick of Mardi Gras. I love Mardi Gras. I'm a, a, I, of I love nothing more than carnival in New Orleans. I'm a born and raised New Orleanian. I just felt like it was an easy concept for them to continue to yeah. regurgitate year in and year out. And I just felt like our city is colorful, colorful and vibrant and fun. And we have other things we can celebrate. So whomever on the Pelicans branding marketing concept team came up with this. I love the city editions. I can't wait to see the court because I do think New Orleans' court is probably going to be the most unique of all the ones we've seen. We'll see one, obviously, Friday night when the Pelicans play in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't wait to see what that you know red thing looks like. It's going to look like <laughs> Eastern Washington football in the red turf, yeah. I guess. But, Jim, to answer your question in a very long-winded format, there's not one that jumped out at me where I said, boy, they nailed it. I, I think that they're all loud, a bit obnoxious, but that's okay. That they're trying to bring attention to something that's never been done before. And I am very excited, good or bad, to see what the game Tuesday night looks like live when I'm there and on television 
is people at home watching. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, the city uh, uniforms and the branding theme, that was actually Joe and I's idea. No, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we, we came we, up with it. We had absolutely zero role <laughs> yeah. in that. But um, no, I'm, I was actually going to ask you, you know, you mentioned how you're a lifelong New Orleans, you know, resident and you've been here the entire time. I, sort of the unofficial I, mayor, if I say. Yeah, I would say so too. I figured, what, what did you think of, uh, you know, you mentioned how you like the theme that Joe and I did not come up with, but um, what did did you what did you think of the uniforms in terms of the the colors? You do you like that kind of that black and and green combination? Yeah, I liked it. The one thing I was concerned about, and, and it's still a little concerning, but it was better than I thought, is the black jerseys with the black nola and the the lime green outline. I was worried that on TV they're going to look fantastic, and they do. But mm-hmm. when you're in person, sometimes same color on same color is hard when you're live and you're like in the 300 section, you know what I mean? And so, but it was better than I thought. And again, I, I like it. I I think they're, they're simple. They're subtle. The message of what they are kind of like, I love the video that, that Shanika and her team put together using the skull and bones gang and Mm -hmm. and kind of in the old new Orleans house. I mean, look, like the concept, sounded cool to me when I read about it. The video unveiling it was great. And I think the look is great. I love the black with the lime green. I hope that these city uniforms stick. I would be fine if they did, you know, next year, a a lime green with a black kind of look and just Mm. kind of inverted it, so to say, and made it kind of like loud and outlandish. You know, like Miami did the Miami Vice uniforms and they came out with, you know, I think it was the, the pink first. Then it was that kind of teal blue, and everybody just loved it. I, yeah. I really like these city editions. I think that when they said, hey, it's the streets of New Orleans, the nightlife of New Orleans, kind of New Orleans at night, I, I, and, that, and you see the video that goes with it in the uniforms, it just it, it kind of resonated with me. And I hope it did other fans and other media members and other people that see it. I, again, like I said, I, I like some of the Mardi Gras concepts. I loved a few years ago when they had – uh, the white with the purple, green, and gold stripes. That was the Mardi Gras one that I loved more than anything. Mm-hmm. Last year's were okay, kind of the, the deep purple with Mardi Gras colors on it. I didn't love as much, but it was fine. I, I just think that there's a lot of things to celebrate in New Orleans. And, you know, coming up with something, this seems like some work went into it, some real original thoughts, some real creativity, not just, yeah, let's do Mardi Gras again. Throw some purple, green, and gold concoction out there. That's good. So <laughs> I really like the way these look. And, and I was more surprised that you could still read the NOLA when it was black on black lettering um, in person than I thought you were going to be able to. So, again, I really I like the look. I like the color scheme. I like the theme. I like it all. Yeah, you mentioned the Miami Vice uniforms. I think, in my opinion, the, the black city uniforms that they made are, are still like the pinnacle of city uniforms. I feel like everyone is trying to get to that level. Those things were just incredible as, as far as just how clean they looked and just, you know, just a great execution of an idea. Um, one more thing I wanted to ask you about in terms of the in-season tournament. Um, a lot of people have kind of batted around ideas, and I know I think of you as kind of the idea man. Absolutely. In terms of um, incentives – you know, basically the NBA decided this for this first year of the in-season tournament that they're not going to add, you know, a major other than, you know, the monetary stuff for the players and the coaches. There's no like huge reward. It's not like you get into the playoffs automatically if you 
win the in-season tournament. I was wondering if you have any ideas in terms of ways, maybe something they can consider for next year in terms of how do you reward the teams? And I think more to the point, how do you make fans look at it as, okay, this is really important if for my team to win the in-season tournament because if we win it, we get X, Y. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Yeah, look, and I know obviously there's there's a money factor in it for the players. It's obviously winning the game. You know, there's a lot of games in the NBA we know. Unlike, you know, football is every week is a mini championship. Mm -hmm. Whereas basketball, if they play 82, there's been talk of, is that too many games? How do you make them all matter? I do think this does make uh, like a game on a Tuesday night in November far more meaningful because, you know, the players are playing for something. The team is playing for an in-season tournament cup. Uh, the players are playing for a, a, a bonus, you know, from a you know money standpoint. I think all those things matter and are good um, and, and bring relevance to, again, games that would just be ho-hum in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. But I do like that idea. You know, Major League Baseball did that to make the All-Star game more meaningful. You know, is the whoever wins the All-Star game is, the, the home team in the World Series, which is a big advantage, American and National League. Um, I don't know if I have a, this is my idea and that's what they should do, but I can tell you I do like the idea of the winner of the in-season tournament being rewarded some way in the playoffs. And I don't know what that would be, right. you know, like how do you, you know, like Denver was the number one seed in the West last year. Let's just say 
Sacramento had won the in-season tournament, and they finished third. How do you reward them for what they did in the in-season tournament? That's that's the one yeah. thing I'd need probably someone smarter than me or more creative than me to say, okay, we could reward them by using X, Y, or Z. I, but I do like that idea, Jim. I do yeah. think that that's probably the next step or evolution of this is it's not just to make some you know midweek, mid-season games seem more important and feel more important and really become more important. But overall, at the end of the season, the winner of the in-season tournament also – gets some type of bump up. And I don't know if that bump up is, do we say like all the teams agree, okay, the winner of the in-season tournament automatically moves up a spot no matter what. So if they were five, they're now four. Mm -hmm. No matter what, you know that if the in-season tournament champ is right behind you, they have the, uh, they like, maybe it's like a, a draft swap. Like the, like you can defer if you want to, or move up depending mm-hmm. on what matchup you like best. Sure. And maybe that's something they offer the in-season tournament champ to say, you have the right to move up one mm-hmm. spot in the standings if you choose. So like if you're five you, or if you're six, you can move up to five if you like the matchup against the four seed better. Mm-hmm. Or you could stay at six if you like the matchup against the three seed. But it would reward the in-season champ with maybe saying, you have the opportunity to almost pick which matchup you like better in the first round. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. I mean, if you're the five, you can say, okay, we want home court advantage and move up to the four in the first round. Yeah. So I like that. I've been telling people um, my mild proposal is you win all tiebreakers with every team, no matter what, even if you get swept 4 yeah. in the regular season. My spicy hot proposal yes. is the the NBA and the teams, I don't know how this would be done, but – you come up with a, with a number of wins. Basically, like, <clears throat> if you win, win the in-season tournament, it counts as five wins, say. So at the end of the regular season, oh. if you win 45 games, it, you get five added you're on. Now you're a 50-win team. Yeah. And, and then whatever that gives you as far as how much it moves you up in the seating. That's where the standings are. Right. Then that's what it, so that's, Jim, those are a couple this. ideas. You, you are a much more clever and, you know, more in-tune person than me because – I love, I think my idea is okay, but both of yours, I literally, I love both of it. I think that, because you remember this, look, in 2018, the Pelicans finished technically with the same record as as the four and the five mm-hmm. seed, but they were the six seed right. based on tiebreakers. Now, mm-hmm. it worked out for them because they got Portland and it was a good matchup right. and they swept them, but based on record, the, the four, the five, and the six seed all won 48 games. And based mm-hmm. on tiebreakers, instead of being four and having home court, the Pelicans ended up six. So I like that. You're right. That the winner of the in-season tournament, you, you, that's the tiebreaker. That's kind of the, the card that, that's your game changer that you can play. And, uh, but I also really like the, okay, the winner of the in-season tournament gets column five phantom wins. I love that. Mm-hmm. So you're right. If, if you have those five wins, I mean, that's, that's a mess. Even if it's three wins, you can say that's a, that's in the Western Conference. Oh, yeah. That may be the that's difference a huge between difference. Yeah. The, three, mm-hmm. yep. the three seed and the seven seed, you mm-hmm. know? Right, for sure. Yeah, and, and the Pelicans' uh, stretch doesn't look to be getting uh, any easier. You got next up, you got the Rockets, you got the Mavs twice, you got the Nuggets. Oh, they haven't done much lately, huh? The T-Wolves who just gave us everything they could. Uh, you know, so for people that are looking at this stretch and going, 
ah, this is quite a hole. Can you can you bring us off the ledge? Give us some hope. I know the Pelicans were without uh, Zion Williamson. They are shorthanded. No C.J. McCollum because he was dealing with his issue. So can you give the fans reason to start beating their chests, getting pumped up for this early season, early season stretch? That looks pretty tough on paper here, Fletch. Yeah, I mean, look, the thing I would say is if you're a fan, you got to love these matchups. I mean, you get Luka twice. You get, mm-hmm. you know, Jokic again. You, you, you get... You know, Minnesota, I think they're a really good team this year. I think they're going to be kind of this year's Sacramento and be a top-four team in the Western Conference. Um, So you get these marquee matchups that you want to see your team play. Like, with all due respect to Monty Williams in Detroit, they're a long way away from being relevant. And so is that what you want to see? It's like, eh, I'd rather see the best of the best. And the thing I've always said about the Pelicans is we know they have talent. I mean, look, I've covered this team – I started working here in 2002, and, and I, I, I love covering the NBA. And I have covered every team here, and I've seen a lot of teams that didn't have a lot of talent. I mean, I covered an 18-64 and 64 team. I covered teams that you knew just didn't have the depth to compete with the best in the West. This team has it all. I mean, you talk about, you know, young, hungry, up-and-coming, you know, guys they drafted like Jordan Hawkins and right. Dyson Daniels, and even I'll throw Trey Murphy into there. And, you know, like – undrafted guys, I mean, Matt Ryan and Jose Alvarado, they've done a great job of building up the, 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 the roster from top to bottom. You've got stars, you've got high-level veteran role players. I mean, you've got all the pieces. Mm-hmm. It's just because of the injuries that you just mentioned, Joe, we haven't seen it all come together. But last year, when they were healthy, they were good. So that's why I always tell people, we know they can be good. We know there is good to great in that group. Can they stay healthy and can they find the synergy to pull it all together and so that would be the silver lining is you know it's in there it just has to kind of like come together in some way that is meaningful and uh and that would be my silver line Fletcher wanted to ask you about the west so far and and obviously we have to couch everything with it's only been two and a half weeks since the season started and it's the west a lot of teams have only played seven or eight games but um you know, just kind of quickly going through, I think some of the teams that have probably better records or better spots in the standings than a lot of people projected. You have teams like Houston, Minnesota that we talked about, Dallas. And then on the other side, maybe teams that did really well last year and haven't gotten off to a good start are the Lakers, Grizzlies, and Sacramento. I mean, what are your thoughts on the West overall so far in terms of per- perhaps um, – is it better than overall? Is it is the conference tougher than you thought it was going to be, or is it is it not as good as you thought it might be? Or what do you think just so so far from what we've seen in the first couple weeks? So far this year, I would say I'd lean into what you said to start, Jim. Is that we're two and a half weeks in, and there's so, there are some anomalies right now mm-hmm. because I do think over the course of an eighty-two game season, things are going to flesh themselves out, and we're going to know kind of who and what teams are. Now, that being said, look, I, I thought Memphis was in for a little bit of a, a fall from grace, so to say, because, you know, John Morant's out 25 games. I, 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 Steven Adams is out. I felt like this Memphis team that had been one of the top teams in the West in the last two years dealt with a lot of off-the-court and on-the-court situations. So I did feel like they were, they were going to be fighting for one of those play-in spots and they weren't going to be fighting for the one seed in the West. The biggest surprise to me is Dallas because – I mean, I thought they had an offseason where it was like they were trying to get rid of Luka. It's like you're not even like they have bungled every, you know, 
opportunity they have to put the right pieces around one of the five best players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I thought, are they really starting two rookies around Luca? And so, but here's the thing, like just weaponize Luca and get out of his way and put the, put, put pieces around him that kind of know who and what they are. It's almost like LeBron where it's like, look, he is the sun and everybody else has to rotate around his orbit and we'll eventually figure out the right pieces around him, even mm-hmm. if that means making a series of trades, which they always do for LeBron. That seems to be maybe the right fit for Luca. Maybe these young guys know, hey, this is what I have to do. I know who and what I am. And again, I still think Luca is may win the MVP this year. He's just one of the three to five best players in the game right now. So I'd say they're my biggest surprise because you look at their team on paper and you thought, ooh, how are they? like can Luca do it all by himself? And it's like, you know what? He kind of is kind of like Harden in Houston when like D'Antoni weaponized him a few years ago and he's winning MVP awards. And you've got guys like Chris Paul just drifting around on the court doing nothing. And so, um, so those would be my two biggest surprises, but I do think when the dust settles, you're still going to see, you know, a lot of the teams that we expected to see, like I still think Denver's the best team in the Western conference. I, I certainly think, the Golden State Warriors still have enough gas left in the tank to be very good. I, I don't think the Lakers, you know, I was one of the people who was burying the Lakers last year when they started out like 0-8 and, and, and like 1-12 or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and then they end up in the Western Conference Finals. So, uh, you know, I will never, like, discredit LeBron James and his ability to just carry a team, you know, to levels that we didn't think possible. I think the Clippers have immense talent. And if they can stay healthy a lot like the Pelicans, they have a chance to make a serious run. Um, but I just think it's a dogfight, Jim. I think that there's so many teams that are so talented. It, it, like, I could make an argument for probably six teams to finish third, and I could make the same argument and convince myself that those six teams are going to all be in the play-in. And, and so I don't know how the, you know, the standings are going to fall when it's all said and done, but I do think it's, it's highly, highly competitive. I do think the Pelicans have a chance to be, you know, one of those teams that's clear of the play-in. But my two biggest surprises, and again, I'm not surprised by Memphis because I just wasn't high on them, but I am surprised by Dallas so far. Yeah, it it just seems like the difference in the West between a play-in team and a locked-in playoff team is just a little bit of luck, a little roll of the dice. It's so hard to to pick these things early on, but that's why the Oracles, Mr. Jim Eichenhofer and Fletcher Mackle are here for me and you people. Mr. Fletcher Mackle, thanks for joining us, man. I feel a little smarter, uh, a little more ready to endure this this in-season tournament madness. I feel like uh, we all learned and laughed a little bit, and hopefully none of us will go colorblind uh, during the unveiling of these courts. Thanks again, man. All right, thank you all very much. And let me just say this, Joe. Now that I am in my late 40s, oh. please never use the term Mr. Fletcher Mackle again <laughs> yes. because like, I realize the reality of my age, and, and I don't think we're that far off in age, but no. nonetheless, I don't need mr in front of me yeah i understand that that makes me feel like i'm helping you down the stairs and you don't need that (laughs) Uh, you're you're an athletic guy (laughs) oh i'm excited huge thanks to wdsu's fletcher mackle uh he always gets me ready for pelicans games just sports in general makes me uh, just excited about life. His enthusiasm is contagious. Uh, a, a bit of a, a tough slate to, to figure out going ahead, mm-hmm. especially as the Pelicans are dealing with injuries. 
Um, so again, people are still maybe a little shell shocked, maybe a little confused. Uh, so so help guide us through uh, this upcoming slate. We are going to be facing uh, Dallas, who surprised Fletcher a bit. It seems like. Yes, um, I mean this weekend you've got two games before the next time we record again on Monday morning. Um, you have Houston in Friday night's in-season tournament game. Then you have Dallas on Sunday night. The Mavericks will also be here Tuesday, so it's a baseball series against them, which is kind of odd considering the proximity of yeah. where Dallas is to here. But not, that's a different story for a different day. Um, I mean, I guess starting with the Friday game against Houston, I think one of the biggest things to pay attention to, and as we record this, it's not even noon yet. We don't have a ton of information about availability. But right. Houston, um, Alperin Shengun, their starting center, who's off to a really good start and has been a big reason why they've won four games in a row. They totally turned around starting 0-3. Now they're 4-3. and He's questionable with an injury, so we don't know whether he's going to play or not and face uh, Jonas Valanciunas. And then obviously on the Pelicans' side, they have a, a laundry list of injuries and yep. different guys that are uncertain. Um, as, as we record, Herb and Zion are both listed as questionable to play. One good piece of news, Najee Marshall is upgraded to doubtful. Oh. Now, I don't mean it's, it's good news that he's doubtful. But it's better than it's out. Be- it's much better than out, and I think it's a sign that you know he might be making getting making progress and getting closer to being on the court. And then obviously you have the f- the four guys that are listed as out, including C.J. McCollum, who's not going to play Friday. So that's one of the things that we'll find out more as the day progresses. Stay tuned to Pelicans.com and yes. X because we'll have updates. I'm sure later. Uh, Willie Green will speak to the media at 5:30, so we might get an indication of who's in and who's out at that point. Um, and then kind of turning to Sunday's game against the Mavericks, Fletcher talked about how part of his questioning of the offseason was based on it seemed like they were going to have two rookies that were going to have huge roles. Right. Um, it's actually been 50% true. Um, Derek Lively, the guy that they drafted in the lottery, has started the last six games of the season. He's averaged uh, 24 minutes a game, so he's got a pretty big role for them. Yeah. Um, Omax Prosper was one of the other rookies that they thought were that a lot of people thought were going to play was going to play a lot. Dallas is pretty deep, and some of the moves they made in the offseason gave their roster fleshed out their roster a lot more. He's actually only played in one game and played a total of one minute so far, so he hasn't been a big factor. But one of the guys that I think was has turned at least so far has looked like a really underrated offseason addition was Grant Williams. Um, People are familiar with him from Boston. Yeah, he was a role player there who um, was good, kind of a hard nosed defender. Had some little dust ups and run ins with Jimmy Butler during the playoffs that were <laughs> yeah. entertaining. Yeah, um, he's but he's also shooting fifty three percent from three point range earlier in the season, which you know Fletcher talked about. Surrounding Luca with shooters is always a wise idea, yeah. and he's just been red hot so far. So that's one of the reasons why you know I mentioned lively. But also the start that Grant Williams is off to is why Dallas has the second best record in the Western Conference so far. So that's going to be a be a tough challenge on Sunday yeah. for the Pelicans. But um, and I think in another bit of good news, you know, in addition to hopefully getting some guys back on the court soon, that Dallas game Sunday starts a six game homestand. Yeah. So you're going to have a chance, hopefully, to to do some real damage. It's all against Western Conference teams. Dallas yeah. twice, Sacramento twice in there. Um, so it's a stretch where they're going to be able to unpack their suitcases and and hopefully do well on the home floor. Yeah, and if you're if you're looking at that stretch uh, here in New Orleans, going, oh, how's the team going to endure that? You know how you can help. 
Go get some tickets, get in the stands, and cheer on your New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, it is a home game for a reason. The advantage is real if you are there, loud and proud. So get there for that home stretch and help the Pelicans weather this storm. Man, speaking of weathering the storm, it's been uh, it's been a stormy one, and I couldn't have made it through without Captain Jim Eichenhofer and Fletcher Mackle. Uh, it is uh, it's been a great one, and uh, please tell your friends and pals to check out the Pelicans podcast and get involved as this in season tourney stuff starts to turn some heads. Explain it to them however you can without blowing their minds. We will talk to you once again on Monday, but until then. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.